Hello and welcome to this episode of Human Rights Magazine. My name is Derek McCush. In Canada, the last time housing was considered to be affordable relative to income was in 2004. The average price of a home in the Toronto area, the country's most populated, is more than $1 million. And in Quebec too, where the housing market has been historically affordable, there's been a significant decline in affordability over recent years. In Quebec's largest city, Montreal, new rentals are on average 50% higher than rents in occupied apartments. The vacancy rate is very low, so apartments are hard to find. So some landlords are evicting their current tenants to get a higher income from new tenants. The projected influx of immigration to Canada means the problem will get worse, since new housing construction is not expected to meet demand. In this episode of Human Rights Magazine, Joel Samadal explores the situation in Montreal. Over the past year, Montreal's rent prices have risen at unprecedented rates, and the supply of affordable rental units in the city has declined drastically. This has left thousands of Montrealers in precarious positions, especially those who are in lower income brackets, as they struggle to find affordable housing. In this podcast, we hear from four experts on Montreal's housing sector about the various reasons for the city's ongoing housing crisis and the steps they think need to be taken to tackle this crisis. But first, what is affordable housing? What do we mean when we refer to housing units as affordable or unaffordable? And how do we determine this? On June 21st, 2019, the Canadian government passed the National Housing Strategy Act, which formally recognized housing as a fundamental human right. The act also declared Canada's commitment to ensuring access to adequate, suitable, and affordable housing for all Canadians, particularly those in greater need. Catherine Lucier is a longtime member and spokesperson of the Quebec housing rights advocacy organization, FRAPRU. Since its founding in 1978, FRAPRU has consistently lobbied for tighter government regulation on Quebec's housing markets to ensure that the essential good of housing is equally accessible to all. Lucier gave me more insight into the concept of affordability, specifically the CMHC's understanding of affordability and how it looks in practice. And then they were kind of considering 30% of the total income. Precisely. The CMHC defines affordable housing as housing which costs less than 30% of a household's before-tax income. One problem with this, Lucier explained, is that it doesn't account for people in different income brackets. So they were making no differences between uh, landlord and tenants, no differences between someone that paid to, to that has a salary as a doctor and according to someone that is, you know, paid for working in a McDonald's. There is no difference at all in their calculation. I also spoke with Michelle Monette, who's the director general of Care Montreal, a shelter that provides aid to Montrealers facing homelessness and housing insecurity. He expanded on the logic behind this definition of affordability. Someone that is on social warfare that uh, that that earn uh, seven hundred bucks a month. If you're a single man and uh, and and you you go on social welfare, like it's seven hundred or seven fifty uh, per month. 
apartments right now in Montreal uh, that are less than 700 are very few. <laughs> so, so if you put like 90% or 100% of your um, of your income on apartments, how do you eat? How do you pay for the rest? How do you how do you have a, a social life and uh, and things like that? So that's that's a, that's one thing. Lucier also explained how other federal, provincial, and municipal programs aimed at tackling housing exist, but with their own definitions of affordability. She said that this inconsistency is also part of the issue. The, the problem with the, the definition of affordable housing, it depends on the program, the government. So it's really, it's really, you know, lacking of definition. Yeah. Sometimes is the definition is based on the prices, the, the prices on the market. So we will cal- consider like 10% less or 20% less of the prices of the market. So if the market is already like, if I'm thinking about Ville-Marie, where the prices are really high up, uh, even if you want to build, for example, family housing or a single one single unit <laughs> apartment, then the prices are so hot that even if you calculate 90% percent of that price is is still too high for most of tenants. A key driver behind the present crisis of affordability has been the steep rise in rental prices across Montreal and Quebec. Data from Statistics Canada and the CPI show that spending on housing has increased at a faster rate than spending on any other consumer goods across Canada over recent years. I spoke with Raphael Fischler, who's the Dean of the Faculty of Planning at Université de Montréal. He said that a steady rise in housing prices over the long term is a natural trend that results from general economic growth. In his written explanation, he said, quote, We have had many years of steady economic growth, which has created a strong demand for housing. With higher incomes, more people can live on their own instead of sharing housing. More people can enter the ownership market and etc. End quote. However, the recent spike in prices has been completely unnatural and indicative of deeper structural shocks to the city's housing markets. Jean-Pierre Rasset is the director general of Shapim a non-profit housing organization dedicated to creating inclusive and affordable social housing. He further outlined some of the newer shocks to the system. Là où chose on a c'est compliqué présentement, on n'est vraiment pas dans une période facile au niveau économique. Il y a une pénurie de main-d'œuvre. Puis une pénurie de matériaux de construction. Euh, il y a une pénurie, il risque d'avoir le prix de l'essence monte à cause de la guerre en Ukraine. Donc les coûts ont plus que doublé pour construire et dans c'est, c'est coûteux construire de l'habitation. Fischler echoed many of these points as well as he wrote that quote construction costs have increased very rapidly in recent years as builders compete for materials and labor and the disruption to labor markets and supply chains that the pandemic brought about has further worsened things end quote overall the inflated costs of building new housing units have been a major cause of the increase in prices of newly built rental units further studies show that broader post-pandemic inflation has also indirectly contributed to increasing housing prices This is because people have smaller budgets to allocate to housing since most other goods are more expensive now. 
Across the city, there have also been more tenant reports of landlords using abusive rent increasing strategies, which has also contributed to the increasing prices. Some of these strategies include unforewarned rent hikes and the newer practice of rent evictions, where landlords evict tenants in order to renovate the units and raise its price to receive higher rents from future tenants. Lucier warned against these practices, saying that they unfairly push tenants out of units and leave them in precarious positions. Another key component to understanding Montreal's current housing market is understanding the role of the private sector in the market. Private developers have always been an important player in the city's housing market and have built most of its housing units. However, their role has grown significantly in recent years and been key to the trends in the housing markets that we see today. The post-pandemic jump in the costs of housing production paired with their profit-seeking goals makes it difficult for the private market to produce affordable units. Fischler elaborated on this point, stating, quote, Policymakers rely a lot on the private market to help supply more affordable units. But given the high construction costs, the high land values, the larger profits to be made, the private sector simply cannot build cheap housing. End quote. These increasing costs in housing production need to be offset by private developers, which is achieved by passing on cost increases to prospective tenants through increased rental prices. Lucier says this proves that the private sector and their goals and structure are simply incompatible with the concept of affordable housing. Uh, I mean, some of the cause of the, the housing market right now in, in Montreal is by the the movement of financiarization and also speculation. Uh, so we are seeing more and more how, um, you know, how promoters are becoming investors and they want directly to only invest because, you know, they want to acquire as much profit as possible. So we're not developing anymore a city because we need to, you know, build housing for people for staying in the city, but more just to acquire as much as possible profit. This reflects Frappu's general position on the private sector's dominant role in Quebec's housing market today. The organization believes that the private market is structurally incapable of supplying affordable housing units that are accessible to all due to its speculative approach to housing development and its aim of profit-seeking. With a better understanding of the driving forces behind the crisis of affordability today, I was curious about potential solutions to the present crisis. Lucier and Frappru state that there needs to be immediate government policy that controls rent practices and regulates private developers. Creating more social housing units so to really invest funds in social housing units. And for the Quebec government, these has a real responsibility on better controlling the rents, better controlling the eviction, better controlling the repossessing of dwelling, and you know, also punishing truly the landlords that are using all these illegal tactics to force tenants out just in the intention of renting them or you know renting the apartment more expensively to people that technically could afford them better. Uh, and right now these landlords have the or consequences because they can basically just do it and do it again. And we have more and more of uh, these types of cases of one investor or two investors doing these types of strategies. 
Monette also agreed that more needs to be done about some of the unfair rent tactics that landlords use and put forward his own proposal. So we need, uh, uh, as a society, to first have a, um, a register of, uh, of the rent, saying that if I am a landlord and I have, uh, let's say, 50 doors that I rent, and now I have this door that is like it's a three and a half and uh, it's now uh, rented at uh, six, 650. And the person leave for whatever reason. The next that will come, then if I am the landlord, what I want is to take this apartment to the market. And the a three and a half in Ashlaga Maison, let's say, is more around on $950 not 650. So I will increase the amount of the, of the, of the rent for the next person that will come will pay way much more. So if we have a registry of, uh, of the rent that says, Oh, by the way, this apartment was 650 and you cannot raise it for more than 4% or 3% or whatever the, the, the percentage that is decided. And this way, then we keep the, the good apartments at a normal level. The problem with this is that since the housing are very expensive, when I buy a duplex, a, tri a triplex or whatever, they're so expensive that if I don't increase the rent, then this is very tough for me to buy the apartment or the, or the house. So, so there is regulation in this. So this is a society problem. We, we think on like um, uh, poverty is based on, uh, on an, an economical problem and then housing and apartments and having access to an apartment. It's something that is very first economic and social. So we got to work uh, on this all together, finding solutions as a people in Quebec or in Montreal or in Canada saying, okay, so depending on where we are in Canada, housing shouldn't be a problem. Lucier argues current Quebec policies that aim to protect tenants from potential rent abuse are not strictly enforced in practice. The result is a multitude of cases where tenants fall victim to such strategies. Lucier also believes that if we want to see Montreal's number of affordable housing units increase, the city cannot continue to rely on the private sector to construct new housing units as heavily as it does now. We are asking the Quebec government to invest in 50,000 units over five years, so 10,000 units a year of social housing units. Um, when we look at the statistics, what tenants need is to have something to get away from the private market. So the difference with social housing units is that they're not based on the market and they're not, you know, they're not affected by the market. Uh, when we're looking at co-op, 
uh, tenants or OSBL, uh, non-profit organization, or even like public fund, they, they're not based on the research of profit. They're based on how tenants can, you know, have a bit of control on their, their condition of living. So that's why one of the reasons for us that if we truly want to support tenants and, you know, or uh, low income, we have to develop an alternative to the private sector. Until now, the Quebec government has only in the last four years invested 500, I mean, money or for developing only 500 units, uh, new units in Quebec, uh, considering that there is around 2,400, yeah, 244,000 tenants that have hardcore needs, uh, hardcore needs, which pay too much, either pay too much than 30% of their income and living in a too small apartment. So, for example, a family in their three and a half or um, also have an apartment in bad condition. For us, the main answer is to offer them an alternative to the private market. She also calls for the government to really invest funds into social housing units rather than subsidizing private developers, an approach which has been taken on several occasions. Fischler agrees that any solution to the crisis will require significant government financing. For him, however, such financing can take different forms. He wrote, quote, the most effective one referring to approaches to tackling the housing crisis, is the most expensive one. Investing public funds in the production of housing by building social housing, by subsidizing non-profit builders, or even by subsidizing for-profit builders, or giving public funds to people so they can find housing in the private market. In Fischler's view, the private sector can and should still play an important role in Montreal's housing market. Private developers can contribute to the struggle for affordable housing as long as their activities are paired with strong regulation and further investment in the public sector. He stated, quote, The role of private developers should not be discounted. They can help to improve the situation by increasing the supply of housing, including somewhat affordable housing. But we need much, much more than the private sector. Rasset's position is similar to Fistler's. He states that while further government investment into public social housing units and nonprofit organizations that build community housing units is crucial, the private sector also needs to be included in the process. The interaction between the two sectors, for him, is complementary as each sector addresses particular issues that their counterpart may miss. Il faut qu'il y ait plusieurs joueurs avec des, des dynamiques différentes. Nous, on est très entrepreneurial, je suis très créatif. L'État les moins. Donc, ils ont des contraintes. Puis, chaque joueur a des contraintes. Les contraintes que je, je t'expliquais, moi, tantôt, en termes financiers, c'est qu'on n'a pas les moyens de l'État. On est beaucoup plus flexible, on est capable de trouver des solutions à des problèmes qui apparaissent que l'État ne pourra pas faire. Mais l'État a une stabilité, puis une compréhension, puis des fois va, a tendance à plus défendre l'intérêt commun que des organisations, parce que tu es toujours séparé entre l'organisation et ta mission. This diversity creates a strong synergy to tackle the housing crisis. Des organisations comme la CHAPM, mieux outillées, plus grosses, 
deux ou trois à Montréal, comme la Chapem, pourraient aider. À Québec, peut-être une. Puis c'est le modèle qu'on peut... Mais pas le seul modèle. Moi, je suis pour la diversité. Tu continues à avoir des HLM, tu continues d'avoir un petit peu de coopérative. Euh, tu as une société paramunicipale et ce mariage-là de diversité va permettre de mieux répondre à la diversité des besoins. Overall, everyone I spoke with said that there isn't just one easy fix to Montreal's current housing crisis. It's a very complex problem, and so it needs careful consideration and action from all actors involved, which ranges from private market developers to government policymakers. It was also clear from these interviews that, regardless of what approaches are taken to tackle the crisis, cooperation between these actors will be essential to ensure more affordable housing rates for all Montrealers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I've been Joel Salmadal. Thank you for listening to this episode of Human Rights Magazine. The podcast is brought to you by the Upstream Journal. I invite you to consider supporting the program and the magazine with a contribution through PayPal as you explore other episodes.